0: This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show.
1: Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Mottie. Going solo this week, our special guest is two-time Super Bowl champion Chris Marigos, who last played in the NFL with the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, who went on to win a Super Bowl after Chris was injured. He joins me to share his story about how a knee injury That season ended his career. His attorney, Peter Flowers, also joins the conversation because Chris was recently awarded $43.5 million in a medical malpractice suit against his former medical team with the Eagles back then. It's a longer interview, so our first segment is going to be much shorter, but I can't let you go without a word. It's been... A couple of weeks since the Super Bowl's over, and now I'm on to the NFL combine, and it's like one thing after another. There's really no time off in between the NFL season. It's it's become a 12-month, 365-day, 24-hour, 7-days-a-week kind of job. And and recently I found myself dwelling too much in negative thoughts and, and thinking about some things that either – were close to happening, didn't happen, couldn't get done, or or seeing some issues, some surrounding people in in the media, and there's all kinds of stuff that's happening that can be negative, that can impact you. And I've I'm guilty of at times allowing it to fester and allow it allowing it to bother me. But it, it's in those moments when you really gotta turn to your your faith and and turn to the lord and and what he wants for us I love what jesus says in in matthew 627 can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life and it's it's easy to get caught up and be anxious and to be concerned with the future or the present or what how can this happen or what do I do here whatever it may be? whatever it may be, worrying about it isn't going to add a single minute to our life. It's only going to be a negative. It's only going to take away from our joy, take away from, rob us of our peace, rob us of our happiness and not allow us to focus in the moment and focus in the present and and be really locked in on what matters most. So, I just want to share that for anyone out there who may be spending too much time concerned with whatever issues that you may be going through. We all do on a daily basis. Everyone, we all got something that we're dealing with on a daily basis, but if we worry about it, it's not going to help us get from point A to point B. It's not going to help us accomplish, conquer, deal with, overcome. You'll hear how Chris had a battle through a whole lot of adversity in his life, but if we put it on, the Lord, if we turn everything over to him, cast your anxieties on him, uh, he will take care of it. He's He's got our back. So up next, you're going to hear from Chris Maragos. You're listening to Faith on a Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission.
2: Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free.
3: Hi, this is Remy Mahdi, co-host of Faith on a Field show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team Weikert Realtors exclusive properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. And I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com.
2: This is Derek Henry, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show.
1: Welcome back to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Mahdi with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonthefieldshow.com. Find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. You can listen Anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms, you'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on a Field and tell a friend or two about the show. I want to take a minute to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, International Justice Mission and Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week Chris Maragos went from being an undrafted free agent signed by the San Francisco 49ers to becoming a special teams captain in the NFL. He was part of two Super Bowl championship teams. He played in Seattle's win over Denver in Super Bowl 48, unfortunately was injured, couldn't play in Super Bowl 52 when the Eagles beat the New England Patriots, but earned a ring nonetheless as he was an important part of that team you'll hear from Chris what happened that season how he was able to still contribute from the sideline and what has unfolded in his career since then been a while since I saw you in a locker room I know I remember what went down it was a Thursday night game I believe against Carolina when you got injured in a year where so many different pieces and important players, captain on the special teams, captain on defense Jordan Hicks. We know what happened with Carson Wentz later on in that season. First of all, before we even get into what happened to you and what the ramifications of it. How did you process that, man? How did you process being injured in a season that ended up with a world championship parade?
3: Yeah, you know,
4: it's 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 definitely difficult. I think when you start the season out, you know, you're obviously going to have a physical help to the team and you're going to be able to help on the field. You're going to be able to actually contribute in terms of, you know, helping the team actually win. But when you have an injury, you realize really quickly that you're not going to be able to contribute physically anymore. So you have to contribute uh, from an emotional and uh, in a mental aspect. And so, you know, really that was the role that I knew that I was going to have to take on. And you have to you have to make that switch pretty quick. Um, but we knew that we had a great team and just so many great players uh, that were involved with our uh, organization that year that we really felt like, man, we need to do everything that we can, regardless if we're playing or not on the field, to to help this team win.
1: At what point when that injury happened did you re- realize, recognize the severity of it, Chris? I-, I think watching it on that Thursday night against Caroline, like you could tell – this this was this probably going to be a season ending uh anytime you talk about pcl or acl mcl like we we could see that when did you know
4: you know obviously you know when you get you know hitting the knee like that it's the first time it's ever happened so you know it's pretty serious right there but then of course you get that imaging back and then your films are getting sent out different things like that then you really realize okay this is going to be a surgical situation that is going to put me down for the rest of the season and And, uh, you know, at that point we we knew what it was going to be. And we said, Hey, we're willing to tackle this thing the best we can to, to come back and and to be even bigger
1: and better. So go through what happened, right? You're diagnosed. It was a PCL, right? It wasn't any, were any other ligaments involved? Yeah, it was a PCL and a meniscus. Okay. So then what, what are the next steps? What happened?
4: Yeah. So then we were, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what was the best way uh, to get this addressed and fixed and uh, went to a surgeon out in Pittsburgh, uh, Dr. James Bradley. And from there, uh, had surgery done and, uh, you know, started the road to recovery at that point.
1: Was that the, the surgeon that the Eagles recommended? Was that how did that work? Yeah, so That was kind of a culmination of
4: uh, kind of the Eagles recommendation, my agent and uh, kind of all kind of in consultation. Uh, together to kind of come to that decision.
1: The game was in October, right, Chris? I believe week four, week five. When did you have the surgery? So I had the surgery uh,
4: the first week of November. So it was a few weeks after um, that we were kind of figuring out what surgeon we were going to go to, you know, obviously prepping, doing different things to get ready for the surgery uh, and those type, types of things. So it was it was probably three 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 and a half weeks after.
1: What was your expectation? What did they tell you post-surgery that, You'd be able to return in in 2018, or what did you think?
4: Yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, every expectation was I was going to return, you know, that I was going to be able to play that next season, and and everybody was uh, all hands on deck to make that happen. So what happened? So in the surgery, uh, you know, like I said, on the field, I had the the two uh, ligaments that needed to be addressed, the PCL and the meniscus. And so in the surgery, the PCL was reconstructed and fixed. But the meniscus that was torn and it was extruding out of my knee was not fixed. And so because of that, uh, the meniscus, which is kind of the shock absorber that protects your knee uh, and the bones from rubbing together in your cartilage, uh, that was exposed. And so as I continued on post-surgery and advanced in my rehab, uh, my knee was basically wearing itself down and it was putting more stress on that, that PCL that got fixed, which ultimately Led to the deterioration of my cartilage, which exposed the bone on bone contact, and then the PCL actually failed as well, um, and so it kind of put me in a bad, bad position. You know, kind of kind of like a year out
1: from that surgery. I've had that. I've had the ACL reconstructed. I've had it uh, meniscus. So I, I know a little bit of of what you went through. I want to bring in your attorney to discuss how this turned into a a legal situation, a legal matter where you guys believe that the, the Eagles team physicians handled this incorrectly.
0: Pete? Yeah, so essentially what happened was it wasn't repaired at the time uh, of the surgery. And then the Eagles team physicians jumped in and their orthopedic surgeons with the skill, education, and training of every other orthopedic surgeon. And they didn't address it either. And in fact, they, they in essence, allowed Chris to do NFL-type rehabilitation, which over a period of 9, 10, 11 months, essentially destroyed his knee destroyed all the cartilage in his knee and he he has his knee is unfortunately like an 80 year old as opposed to a 30 year old
1: wow so how did this progress from a legal standpoint pete and where do you stand now because a couple weeks ago you were awarded a victory
0: Right. There was a verdict. Uh, there was a verdict in Chris's favor. Um, and currently, you know, there's we're going through the legal motions of that. I suspect there will be an appeal of that verdict and and, you know, we'll continue to fight for Chris down the road. But at least for the time being, yeah, Chris was vindicated uh, by a, a group of his peers, jurors in Philadelphia. So for the time being, um, everything, uh, everything is positive and we'll deal with all the legal issues going forward.
1: OK. Chris, I want to go back to you. As this is unfolding, right, it's got to be uncomfortable to to have to. I, I know I saw Nick Foles coming in, testifying on your behalf. Other, other teammates, what is your relationship like with, with the team and to have to go through something like this? Just how awkward is it?
4: Yeah, you know, it, you know, it's really nothing against the team. I mean, the Eagles are in a great position. I'm super grateful for Mr. Lurie and Harry Roseman and everybody within the organization of my time in Philadelphia was amazing. I had so many great experiences, so many great friends, played so many great games, and, and just forever grateful for those opportunities. And so uh, for that, I'm, I'm uh, forever grateful, and, and I hold that in really high regard. You know, in terms of the, the doctors that were supplied to the Eagles from Rothman Institute, you know, that was really kind of the issue. So it's not really anything against the Eagles. It's more against the Rothman Institute doctors that were supplied to be the, the
1: doctors presiding over our team you know i'll go back to pete because i believe the eagles have since they've changed doctors a few times right those are no longer that group is no longer the team physicians correct
0: i think the the group may still be involved but they've changed people within the group okay um from you know when 2017 was to the present um so but there's been turnover as well from my understanding in the training department uh at the Eagles as well,
1: Chris. At what point did you realize, and when was it that your football career it, it's over? That you're not going to be able to go out there and, and do what you've done your entire your entire life.
4: Yeah, you know that's really when I went out and saw a specialist out in Colorado, uh, Doctor LaPrade. And in that time, you know, I was under the impression that it was just a bone bruise that I was healing from, and that I was going to be back in the field, you know, sometime in December or making that playoff push, and I went out and saw him because I was I kept having these setbacks and was getting shut down. And He took a look at my imaging and spent a lot of time with me, and he came back and basically said, hey, look, you know, you're, I know you don't want to hear this, but your career is over. Uh, your knee's in really bad shape, and you have to have uh, two pretty aggressive uh, surgeries to just salvage what's left of your knee, and you don't have a choice. And uh, at that moment, really, that's when I realized, you know, at that time, that, that it was over over and uh, you know just obviously a a tough situation to be in
1: you have since had those surgeries
4: i have yep yeah i've had two procedures uh to salvage what was left of my knee and it was pretty exhaustive uh you know recovery process and obviously i'm i'm not in good shape you know as it is but those were just to kind of basically band-aid you know what's left to just to get me by a few years until ultimately i'll have uh,
1: a knee replacement or two in my lifetime Wow. At what point do you think you're going to need that? Is that 10 years down the road or is that even sooner? Uh, It's probably pretty close
4: down the the way. I mean, I'm, I'm in pain every day. You know, it's hard to walk and and move and do things. You know, I can, I can do some things, but it just depends, you know, how much, how much pain is going to be involved in doing that on a daily basis. So, you know, your day's planned around what you're going to do, how much you're going to walk, uh, the type of things you're going to be, what type of surfaces you're on, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you get to a point where you just go, man, this isn't even a good quality of life. And we have to find some, a better solution. than this. It's
1: gotta be tough. Just playing
4: with kids. Yeah. Just to play with them, play with them, play with them, without being in pain, play with them without thinking, should I step like this or, you know, should, should I even, you know, move around or even attempt to try to even shuffle or jog around like this, you know, just all those kinds of things that, you know, anybody in their thirties shouldn't be thinking about, especially somebody who thought that they were coming back to play in the NFL. And uh, you know, was told that I could come back and play in the NFL, I and mean, all of a sudden now it's just a struggle just to do normal things without any pain. And so, you know, that's kind of the that's kind of the unfortunate circumstances uh, of the situation. Uh, but at the same uh, point of the current, uh, the, you know, turn of the point, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just got to look at p- perspective too, right? I mean, you know, just say, hey, you know, th- putting the perspective of what has happened and maybe what other people are dealing with around the world, just to, just to make things positive for you and and, uh, to to be able to
1: move on. Chris, what is your hope from telling your story, sharing, letting people know what you went through beyond the lawsuit, just letting other players, guys, colleagues around the league understand how maybe they're treated and parents as, as they're dealing with children who go through injuries in sports.
4: Totally. You know, I think, the whole goal of this lawsuit, you know, it was to protect the next person, protect the next athlete. You know, this, athletes have such an amazing unique ability to trust, to be committed to a process. They're very disciplined. They're willing to listen to do whatever it takes uh, that someone is telling them to do. And so that needs to be protected. And, you know, for my fellow athletes out there that pour their life work into this, that entertain, you know, it's, it's more than just entertainment. It's, you know, there's a, there's a husband and a wife behind that, that jersey or that number of those cleats. You know, there's a brother and a sister, um, you know, a cousin, you know, whatever it might be behind just a, a contract. And so, you know, as an athlete, we're, we're more than that. You know, you have a, a life to live long, far beyond, you know, your, your playing days. And, you know, doctors need to take that into account. And, you know, also, too, I'm, I'm certainly not anti-doctor by any means. I'm, I'm pro-doctor. I think that the, the medical field and, and the people in it, there, there's amazing people out there. But what I am for is I'm for accountability within that, and you know nobody should have the temptation to feel that they need to protect their career, maybe because of mistakes made. And you know what, mistakes are made, and and we're all we're we're all people that that make mistakes, but to not let mistakes get out of hand, and to have accountability within that, so that the next uh, athlete is protected, to make sure that nobody is put in a situation that affects the next 50 60 years of their life in uh, their well-being
1: we know what football is like chris and and there's a mentality of next man up but there's also that guy who goes down wants to tough it out right and and we we hear all these phrases get in there do what you can be there for your teammates and all of that how much pressure do you put on yourself internally sometimes and how much do you see these guys put pressure on themselves to, to just fight through whatever the injury is?
2: Yeah, well, I,
4: I think that's where the conversations with the doctors are so important, right? I mean, as an athlete, you're, you're trained in a specific skill, right? You're, you're, an, you're an athlete, you're a player, whatever your sport is. There's a doctor presiding over you that has years of experience that has been uh, been through the rigors of, of the medical fields and the training that it takes. Now, if an athlete comes to them and says, doctor, can I play with this? Is this okay to do it? And they say, yes, you're okay. Then I, I would suspect that every athlete is going to do everything that they can within their power to to do whatever they can to help their team and, and to to you know obviously put the work into to progress on the field and, and then their training and rehabilitation. Now, if a doctor comes in and says, "Hey, this isn't a good situation; you're at risk," well, now the athlete has to take that in consideration. So, the doctors uh, have a lot of power within what they prescribe a lot of power in the direction that they give and a lot of power in the words that they express to athletes. Every athlete's going to want to play, but it's a doctor's responsibility to make sure that the athlete one knows everything that, that potentially could happen. And two has the best interest of the, the athlete, not only for the team or an organization, uh, but for the athlete's well-being, not only for that season or their playing career, but also for their life because we're human beings as well, and and every athlete needs to know that, and, and they should be treated
1: as such. That's very well said. Uh, oftentimes we hear phrases like "got to protect players from themselves," and and that's that's exactly what you're saying. That's where the doctors and their expe- expertise comes in. Chris, I want to ask you from a standpoint of having to deal with all of this. I know you as a man of faith. How much has that relationship with the Lord helped you be able to process? accept and continue moving forward in your life with all of these changes?
4: Sure. Yeah. It's been, it's been huge. You know, I'm not, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a face stretcher, right. Uh, You know, there's moments where you're like, man, God, like, where are you at in this one? Right. Um, Why did it have to be this tough? Why did it have to be this difficult? Why am I dealing with so much physically and mentally emotionally, spiritually? You know, why, why is this completely decimated and flipped and overturned everything in my life? But coolest part that I think that I've learned through this process is that, man, honestly, Rob, like whatever we go through, if we put our hope and trust in things in this world, whether it's our career or our physical nature or our health or our mental capacities or the things that we're strong in or our wives or our kids or our friends or doctors, whatever it is, those things will fail you. But the one thing that I've learned throughout this whole process that I've leaned on more than anything is that God will never fail. Uh, God, God will never leave you. There's moments where you, where you feel dejected, where you feel, gosh, man, like this this just doesn't make sense. Man, man God, you know, you, you might have got this one wrong, you know, <laughs> even though you're all good and all know, and we know that. Um, but when you really start getting down to the depths of those things, you start really realizing that God has never left us. He will never leave us or forsake us. And through such hard situations, uh, he's still pursuing us. And he's done that through so many people in my life, through my wife, through my great friends. Uh, man, heck, through my attorneys, people that have passionately fought to help me, to come alongside of me, to lift me up. You know, a lot of times we say, man, God, you know, come alongside me in in these moments. And, And God definitely does that from where he is, you know, maybe not speaking audibly, but gosh, man, he uses people in your life to speak those things, right. And to pursue you just as he does, to show you the love and the care and say, even in your worst moments, I'm here for you. And, I'm here for you through these people or I'm here for you through some scripture or Bible verse or through an encouraging word or an encouraging moment or gosh, man, like there's like crazy cool God moments where two days before I was going out, where I found out that my career was over, we just so happened to get some family pictures right in front of city hall. Right. And we're literally on broad street and we're getting these photos taken. And literally the courtroom that we're in five, six years later, is literally the courtroom right behind the picture of our family
0: and I, wow.
4: right in that picture, two days before I found my career was over. And here we are walking in that area. And you're just like, man, God, like you're showing up in such cool ways. Like you, you can't write that script. I'm um, just what's happened, the way it's happened. And so God just kind of shows up in unique moments. Maybe not, you don't feel it all the time, but he shows up in those unique moments and he kind of just says, Hey, I'm here just trust be still. Somebody else is going to fight for you. I'll fight for you. Your, your attorneys who I've appointed in, in amazing ways, they're going to fight for you. Your family's going to fight for you. Your friends will. They'll come, they'll come to your side. My friends came to my side during this trial. I mean, there's just so many ways where your faith is then encouraged and strengthened. And, and this, is a, this is a healing process. I mean, I've been brought to the lowest of lows in my life. Uh, but through that, I think that through those, those wounds and those scars, as they heal, they become stronger, right? and your faith becomes increased, and you learn how to trust, um, you know, in different ways again, and because of that, you'll be better for it, and, and I'm not there yet. I got a long ways to go. It's like a tornado that passes, and you got to clean up the wreckage. That's kind of where I'm at right now, but, you know, we, we really see kind of the, 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 sh- the sun after the storm, and uh, I'm excited for that phase of life.
1: Well, that's incredible perspective but you've always been so genuine and sincere in, in your walk and so willing to share that man I, I know that consider it pure joy right in the book of James and and no matter what those trials and tribulations are somehow you're finding peace at the end of that so I think that's so inspirational on so many different levels I appreciate you Chris sharing your story Pete thank you so much for joining and and talking a little bit about what's happening I, I wish you both a ton of Blessings and success going forward. Thank He's you very that. much. That's, That's it for this week. Thank you to Chris Maragos. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on the Field Show presented by International Justice Mission for Remy. I'm Rob Mati. Reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Hi, this is Rob Mati. I'm listening to a powerful podcast about Ruby, a girl from the Philippines who was trafficked into slavery when she was 16 years old. The podcast takes you deep into Ruby's story, not only how she was tricked but also how she was rescued and is now advocating for others trapped in this form of slavery. Check it out at IJM.org Ruby. You'll be blown away by Ruby's resilience and the incredible work of those who rescued her.
3: Hi, this is Remy Mahdi, co-host of Faith on a Field show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors exclusive properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. And I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com.
2: Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you, we need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Since
4: 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's dairy stores, it's not just our name, it's our heritage.